0: Hello, and welcome to the Weekly Artifact. I'm Alex, and this is my co-host.
1: Hello, I'm Justin.
0: We're two former creative writing majors. Sir. Hmm. We're two former <laughs> creative. Shut, shut up. <laughs> you can't We're- silence me.
1: What are you talking <laughs> We're two.
0: Shut off. We're two former creative writing majors searching for quality in a sea of movies. Every other week, we'll select a handful of films, the good, the bad, and the unimaginative, that we found particularly interesting and discuss them. As always, our comments are our own and are not associated with any institution.
1: The show may contain explicit language or themes. See the show notes for specific content warnings.
0: Well, Justin, you know how this show works, as it always has. So let's talk about (laughs) movies with good
1: politics. Which one would you like to start with? Uh, I just want to point out that this was a this is a general culture show, except for yeah, you don't read books anymore, so it had to become movies. But uh,
0: <laughs> I am knee deep in an ethical and moral quandaries of the legal profession's
1: case book.
0: So how dare you? <laughs>
1: um. Anyway, yeah, we'll start talking about politics. Um. Uh, the first one i have listed here is the joker movie which has probably already been talked to death but uh we're gonna try and talk about these movies a little bit differently and, and sort of give a rather than doing a deep dive into each one sort of look at a few movies and sort of see what they're saying about uh the state of the world in in 2020 and in this case for politics so Yeah, we both saw Joker. Uh, I think we both enjoyed Joker despite the uh, campaigns against it. Yeah, if anything, this movie is very on the nose with its politics. I mean, they hold up newspapers that say to kill the rich, which is probably why it got some of the negative press it got. But (laughs) that's just my opinion. Uh, What are your thoughts, Alex?
0: Yeah, I mean... You saw it first and, you know, you were kind enough not to sort of spoil anything for me. And I remember as soon as I finished watching it, you know, well after the theater release date, I texted you anybody that thinks this is about, you know, sort of white male rage or incel culture, like championing it uh, is being willfully ignorant of the class overtones like you said it's not subtle and not even undertones just the class struggle issues and sort of call for um challenging that and the way that especially the poor but especially the um handicapped and uh, ill are mistreated by the current system um i remember that so i think i texted you that i think before the credits were even finished rolling mm-hmm. so i am i'm i'm in agreement with you as sort of like what we're what to look for what it's actually saying and sort of why and i think you're right as to why it got such a negative backlash that it did um yeah so i think anybody that you know says otherwise wasn't watching the movie or sort of brought too much of their own baggage to that see for whatever reason that they decided to put on the joker as a general audience member not necessarily as a critic
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think the reason why I put the Joker on this list for thinking about where we're at in 2020 now is, well, maybe not right now. We made this list pre-coronavirus, but, uh, but the reason why I put Joker on here was because I really do feel like it speaks to the sort of decision we have between a candidate like Trump and a candidate like Bernie Sanders. Uh, in terms of you really see this, especially when Joker says, because uh, I think part of the complaints about the movie was when Joker claims that he's not being political. Although I think um, an astute uh, observer might notice that he's actually being very political, whether or not he realizes it. Um, but I think that sort of represents this sort of, Trump mindset of not necessarily being fully aware of a larger ideological structure around a decision to say do something like building a border wall, but just having a general sense that um, there's some change that they want to see enacted, but going about it in perhaps not the most productive way as I think. We're supposed to take from the fact that they're kind of just lighting their city on fire at the end without necessarily a clear motive. I, I think they are. There's a very clear class on, uh, you know, they, they definitely want uh, do blame rich people for their problems, but they don't have a clear outlet to sort of enact the change they want to see, and so it just ends up kind of becoming chaotic, or as sort of as the Joker frames it, um, non-political. And that's sort of the, what I see as sort of like the Trump mindset of uh, nothing Trump is doing is like the right way to do anything, but but the, I think the people who support Trump at least sort of realize that something is askew. Um, so that's the one I am presented with. And uh, it's it sort of presents like the nightmare scenario of, okay, you have all these people that are upset and if you don't give them the proper outlet, that's, you're going to end up, this is what you're going to end up with, is, which is what we basically have is what we're leading to now.
0: I would agree. And I think that's, I mean, I think we've talked about this before. So I think going back to the, uh, your soup episode about, you know, not being political and not understanding is like how much truly politics affects everything in your life and, you know, who's in control of that. And so, when the Joker says he's not being political, I think a lot of people also make that same mistake, um, like you said, with not knowing sort of where to put the blame and just sort of thinking that, well, this is just an opinion, I'm not being political, but, you know, the ramifications was behind pretty much every decision that people make, I mean, there's political consequences, if not to you, to somebody else, and I mean, we sort of see how that manifests with all the people rioting, and, you know, speaking of, you know, the rioting and seeing how that happens, I think that might be a good transition to... Uh, another movie about vast social inequality, the way the rich abuse the poor, and where the answer is deemed to be indeed um, rioting. Justin, what were your thoughts on uh, Sorry to Bother You?
1: Okay, I'm glad you went to this one. I was like, he's either going to this one or, or Purge. I wasn't quite sure. but So, this is- the Lego movie. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, okay, so Sorry to Bother You uh, it p- pairs very well with Joker, and I actually think it's a better movie than Joker uh, because we see a, actually a very similar pattern that gets followed, except we, it, it's a little bit more... Um, there were, the, the riots in the end are a little bit more focused, so um, obviously there's spoilers for all the movies we're going to talk about. Um, I was going to give a... a- a spoiler warning in our outro. <laughs> <laughs> no, there'll be there'll be a list of movies spoiled in the show notes, but um, yeah. So obviously they turn they're turning people. Basically, this this Amazon like corporation is turning their employees into these half human half horse hybrids. And but at the end of the movie, we see them sort of rise up and fight back against their corporation and. And so we see a very similar scene of like rioting in the streets and chaos, but rather than the sort of leader figure declaring it as non political because the uh, people riding don't have like a political consciousness. And this one they very they have a very clear sense of what their goals are and they're sort of like the their fact that they've been literally marked with these like uh, horse jeans or, or whatever however you wanna consider the transformation um sort of speaks to their class consciousness which they don't necessarily have in the same way um uh, as in joker uh and also this movie is just much more attuned to the sort of uh, racial politics that go into that as well i think but these movies together i think um yeah they, they definitely speak to one another
0: I don't, I honestly, I don't know how wide of a release this movie got. I remember sort of seeing ads for, and then I watched it streaming, I believe on Hulu. Um, but I remember watching and just seeing, thinking just how sort of refreshing and radical. And like, I can't really believe that that's sort of how it ended. And they finally, you know, they, they really went all out on it. And, you know, I think Boots Riley, the writer director is a, an immense talent. Um, and he's a good person to follow on social media and follow creatively in his career. Um, But I think it's a testament to say that these, it's nice to see because you like those types of movies can still get made. They can be successful. They can be well lauded. Um, And I mean, I think the only lead actor who was white was Army Hammer as the antagonist, the sort of evil corporate villain in that. So I mean, there's a lot of things that, you know, that you see successfully applied to this movie that, you know, a lot of people will say, you know, say is like well that makes it like a genre film or that makes like oh it's a black movie it's a whatever movie you know things like that Um, but I think that Sorry to Bother You is successful in sort of all capacities and I think what we see as an extreme, not we, we as an American culture would see sort of as an extreme ending is sort of presented as, you know, the, the one true answer that we're, you know, being forced into. And I, you know, the logical conclusion that a lot of leftist ideologies eventually come to is sort of just like a matter of fact of like, this is sort of the economic inevitability based on the current system. Um, I think this is a good film to watch to sort of present that ideology to somebody that may be unfamiliar with it and sort of in a very, Uh, entertaining and comedic way too I mean it's a very just a good enjoyable movie as well as being you know a real thinker
1: Mm -hmm. yeah Uh, yeah, I definitely agree with all that Um, yeah I think I'll just say too I think it's sort of it has a more nuanced take on sort of uh, identity politics than Mm -hmm. I think might be at first apparent on the surface which again uh, Joker doesn't necessarily have that as much but But I think it really tries to understand it it, at one time sort of like takes down this sort of liberal centrist notion of how identity politics could work and sort of replaces it with a more practical version, which I think is useful.
0: And, you know, talking about sort of inevitable violence. When led to our current economic system uh, to an extreme, but if you were to take it to perhaps the other side of the extreme and with a far less talented writing staff, you might get another movie of uh, violence between classes, but maybe not going the way you'd like it to. In what Justin can only be seen as the hill he will die on, that The Purge is in fact a good movie. Uh- Past. It's thematic elements
1: here's okay now i feel like after this week you have to agree that the Purge is a good movie that's been a long time coming motherfucker (laughs) (laughs) and we waited till the perfect time in history to talk about it because we are living in it now that do your, worst. <laughs> do your worst okay so this movie the reason i like this movie and i don't want to be uh overstated uh this is not one of my all-time favorite movies or anything like that but i think if you're going to watch a halloween movie uh, you could definitely do a lot worse than purge some of the scares are uh it gets a little bit repetitive but I'm, I'm talking about the um the original one, I know that there's like the the first Purge is its own movie. That's like the fifth movie. Or something. I'm talking about the the original one. Is the one I'm talking about. But uh, yeah, some of the scares get repetitive, uh, and they're not necessarily always effective. But they, you know, they're they're there. They they do their job. Um, but the reason why this movie is uh, why I will defend this movie is because very few Halloween movies or horror movies or whatever you want to call it have any sort of uh political message uh but this one does and again like the other movies we've talked about so far definitely focuses on this sort of class divide uh as well as like sorry to badu also includes the racial component as well um, to focus in on that um, which again like already right there i could stop and say like what other Halloween movies are doing that um, but but then I think also just kind of the execution of it, I think is kind of cool in terms of thinking about, okay, like the what's the government doing? What, what are private businesses doing? Um, you know, and then also the sort of psychological thriller component, of like what are individual people sort of doing uh, in this? So it's like, is it necessarily like a great movie in terms of just like execution? Not always, no, but uh, if you're going to put have a Halloween movie night, I think Purge needs to be on the list.
0: Here's what you get. One, it's under 90 minutes, so that's automatically a thumbs up for me. Fine. Secondly, yeah, anything that shits on rich people and shows sort of the innate depravity of the separation of class structure, fine, that's another point. You're lucky. You're lucky neither of us wrote notes for this session, that's not (laughs) I don't know if that's getting cut. You're lucky, because had I known that you were going to say, now we got to, we have to, hmm. here's what's going to happen. Season 2 episode, we're going to do movies again, and I'm going to dunk on you with all of the political horror movies, which there are plenty of, especially inherently, when you kill a bunch of people in a movie who dies and who lives, Justin, have you learned nothing from our discussion of Joker? (laughs) Everything's political. A minute ago, you don't listen to me. Everything's political, Justin. That's neither here nor there. I will Season two, I'm going to come back strong in two and a half years and you're going to remember. We're going to remember this whole conversation. I'm going to dunk on you. Destroy you with the movies I picked that are political horror movies that have racial elements to it. Neither here nor there. My problem is... Okay. Execu- Honestly, it is just execution. I'm not, I will not concede. I will never give you an inch in the show. Ever. You could be right. That's not my priority at all. Yes. It's,
1: you know what? You got nothing.
0: No, I do. I have a, mm-mm. you put it in such a tight fucking corner. You know what? Fine, just? <laughs> yeah. If you're going to watch a scary movie on Halloween, The Purge is a fine selection.
1: That's all I've ever said. That's
0: an- oh my god. I'm making a goddamn mashup at the end of this fucking episode. I swear to god. All our backlog
1: bullshit. Oh. Ooh. Ooh. I will be vindicated.
0: I will. Ooh. <laughs> I will be vindicated. <sighs> Maybe. Let's go for a lighter tone. We'll go. Everything's great. That's fuck. Is that the name of the song?
1: Everything is awesome.
0: Everything is awesome. Thank you, Justin. See, we could be we could be collaborative when you decide to actually help me and not just say be facetious with (laughs) your movie collection.
1: All right, the Lego Movie. Okay, the reason I put the Lego Movie on this list. Okay, first of all, just because it's an animated movie, I feel like it's. it's, This is not any kids can watch this movie, but it's not just a kids movie. Uh, it is, like, funny and mostly lighthearted and good, but, uh, but at the core, it's very, it's really this, which is kind of surprising coming from the Lego Corporation, but it's really a movie about, like, anti-copyright. Um, so I'm not even necessarily sure that this movie, uh, it might not even fit as much in terms of, like, is there anything specific about the moment we're in right now? I'm not, this could be a little bit more general, I guess, but yeah. Um, yeah i still just think it's a cool movie to talk about um because yeah it's really like this movie about like the villain is trying to like glue everything together so that uh it can't be moved or separated basically you can't like create new things out of like these existing struct like lego piece structures um and yeah the movie's basically about like why actually, no, that's a bad thing, and we need to let people be creative and sort of defy these corporations' attempts at patents. I guess the only way that does sort of fit in is the way that Disney is now buying up all these properties, and it's, like, hard to, uh, <laughs> you know, just becoming coming hard for other people to do stuff with them. Shout out to Sony for rescuing Spider-Man, but... Um, <laughs> But yeah, that's that's the reason I put the movie on the list. I feel like it's a little bit slept on.
0: If you had to watch, if you had to pick between The the Purge and Lego Movie, I mean, the
1: execution of Lego
0: Movie is just...
1: Yeah, Lego Movie is way better, but again, you're not watching Lego Movie on your Halloween Movie Marathon night.
0: Don't tell me what to watch on my (laughs) Halloween Movie Marathon, you motherfucker.
1: (laughs) I'm easily scared.
0: (laughs) So... I like watching non-scary movies for Halloween, so that's why Hereditary will be on my non-scary movie list. That's right, folks. We're transitioning to the state of movies in general and why these ones are bad. Hereditary is up first.
1: Uh, okay, so this this list is not necessarily just about why these movies are bad. It's about... Uh, it is for me. <laughs> I, these are movies that we felt like say something... Uh, larger about the state of movies in general. And so it's not as much about saying like, these particular movies are like the worst of the worst, but instead like thinking about stuff that's in them that speaks to other movies as well. So with Hereditary, and, and a lot of it too is based on the reception of the movies. Uh, mm-hmm. So with Hereditary, uh, the reason it's on this list, I don't hate Hereditary. Um, I just think it's... Do
0: you think it's a good movie, Justin?
1: Uh, I would not say it's a good movie. Uh, Folks,
0: granted, what Justin said is technically true. Do be aware that this is taking place. Uh, this is is covering our safe room section of it, so, um, just be aware of what that means, that with the implications behind that is whether or not these are just us saying these are bad movies.
1: Please, Justin, forgive my interruption. (laughs) Um, yeah uh, so it's it's interesting with hereditary is the way that it's sort of portrayed to be a scary movie and i think i'll i can actually get more into this with some of the other uh there's another scary movie on the list that i feel like fits into this but uh, so don't fuck
0: with my transition
1: there's <laughs> there's not a lot of scares in the movie uh for supposedly scary movies and i'm not saying like there need like Movies that just kind of use cheap jump scares aren't, aren't great either, but there's also not a lot of like creepy imagery or, or things like that. There's a few um, scenes that are either shocking or a little bit scary, but they're very few and far between. There's some um, atmospheric stuff that seems like it could lead to something scary, but just doesn't. And then you get to the end and it kind of all falls apart. Yeah, so I guess the question is trying to think about why this movie was received as well as it was then.
0: So, I mean, my immediate theory, and I've—I don't think—I uh, don't think I'm wrong, because I know I'm not. I, ra- I rarely am. I think I just, for whatever reason, I think that this one is seems to be like one of the first horror movies that a lot of people saw that was like super, like highly, like, produced, like, just has, like, has a really, like, a nice, like, look to it. Like, they used a camera that you're not used to seeing in horror movies, or, like, they had, like, a higher acting caliber of the people that they had. They're like, oh, I recognize some of these people that you just, like, weren't used to. Like, I'm not exactly... Because there's, like, nothing... It doesn't seem to me that this film, having watched it... I mean, I watched it fairly recently, pretty late into Hereditary's life, but knowing how off the chain everybody was about this thing and like talking about it like relative to like Midsommar which is Ari Aster's second feature film following this like I don't it's just like I just there's not it's not really bringing anything new to the genre and it's not even like doing anything in the genre particularly well and I yeah I just I don't know I think it's just like it's got a good sheen to it like I'm not sure because I mean there's like a cult horror is by nothing new I just I mean I we can talk about why I'll talk about why it's bad in a little bit but I guess I'd want to hear Justin why you think it was so
1: well received I feel like the one of the big scenes everyone talks about in this movie is when the girl gets her head knocked off classic Uh, And I think that, um, yeah, that scene was spoiled for me. So maybe it would have been a little bit more impactful. Um, So I think there are, like, a few key moments that kind of jump in the movie. Um, But I guess I think the the best I can say, and maybe this in some ways is a weird defense of the movie, is that it is so um, not the cheap jump scare of something like, Paranormal activity, or what, like, what the nun is like part of what, what franchise is that?
0: Is that Annabelle Con- franchise? Conjuring, yeah, you're
1: right, Conjuring,
0: yeah. Uh, that also might be Annabelle, that might all be Conjuring, I don't know, though.
1: <laughs> yeah, so it's not the cheap jump scares like paranormal activity or Conjuring or something like that. um So I think it's in some ways maybe it's just refreshing for people to see this movie, but uh, so yeah, I guess that's my only answer that's fair and
0: but that's also a good transition to like my one of my biggest critiques is just like the glacial pacing of this film mm-hmm. like which is to say like yeah they don't have any jump scares but like then nothing fucking happens like it's just both honestly even like narratively like it's so slow and i don't like there's the payoff is so immediate and so sort of just like I don't know just out of seemingly out of goddamn nowhere and also kind of underwhelming but I guess it's in a personal opinion but even with like the pacing like I don't even think like the setting was that eerie or that like sort of unsettling throughout I think it was just sort of you're just sort of like all right well like something's I just I think because you're watching like this is technically a horror film like you have the expectation that something's going to happen so there's like an inherent sense of like dread maybe but like there's no the film doesn't really create that much unease as far as I'm concerned so, like yeah there's some Long takes are on like slow corners, but they literally never pay off. And, you know, we could dunk on this movie. I could dunk on this movie till the fucking cows come home, but I'm not going to waste. I'm never, I'm never one to waste a good transition. And so, you know, there's other movies also, I think from the same studio, I think they're both from a 24 with films that don't have a lot going on scene to scene very slow pace, not a lot of jump scares that just have this over but I think the next one we'll talk about has a lot more sense of loose dread of where it's coming from but I think that also has to do with a better setting choice even though they both take place in the woods the well I guess a house surrounded by the wilderness in some capacity I think perhaps it's because it's the ant- more antiquated timeline that I think that they uh, are able to use sort of the idea of being fully surrounded by opaque woods uh, to a far more successful degree justin
1: oh uh, you never actually said the name of the movie justin tell me about the witch <laughs> so that was the speaking of glacial pacing that was the yeah 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 but,
0: okay all right
1: relax uh okay yeah I'm trying so to get the, the good stuff in up front all right i'm trying to be nice up front <laughs> So yeah, The Witch is the other movie um, that pairs nicely um, with Hereditary in terms of, and perhaps even more so than Hereditary, it's a movie where nothing actually happens in the movie. There's again, there's a, there's a few scenes. The scene where you actually see the witch is a little bit scary, but kind of more creepy than scary, I think. But and then the uh, the goat uh, kills someone at some point, which is the little father. The goat yeah, yeah,
0: yeah. murders the father and then becomes the goddamn devil. Justin, this is a better film. Don't act like this is the worst of the two films. Uh, also, also, no, no, no. I'm not. I will not stand for this because you're going to say, "Oh, when they see the witch, it's like creepy but kind of scary." When that little girl lost her head against the fucking pole, I laughed, Justin. You understand?
1: <laughs> that might say
0: more about me than the film, but goddamn it, that wasn't. It was. You're just like, there's no way because there wasn't like. A, I mean, I guess there doesn't. There wasn't supposed to be a buildup, but you just like what?
1: <laughs> anyway yeah i don't know I, at least with hereditary i kind of felt like i had a sense of what why i was watching the movie like i i'm like okay they're building up to uh she's like looking for her mom or something i don't even remember oh i'm sorry what is that what you're like you don't even you don't remember what the fuck are you talking about i do I, was for. I don't think it was the mommy <laughs> i don't fucking was she looking at the old photos and then she sees like the ghost of her mom or whatever wasn't she like looking something like that You know
0: why you were watching it when the third act reveal comes in, Justin? Fuck you. In the
1: beginning, you see... Anyway, it's not important, but in the witch... No, it's
0: not. No, it's not.
1: (laughs) In the witch, I had no idea, like, why I was watching this. It was just like, oh, here's some random people in the woods who you can't even understand what they're saying half the time, but you can just watch them kind of walk around, and every now and then, like, once every hour or so, something kind of scary might happen.
0: I'd invite you to rewatch it as a slice of life film, <laughs> but with, but if you live with the devil incarnate as a goat, Black <laughs> Phillip is one of the most iconic characters of the 2010s. You can't tell me different.
1: <laughs> but again, I think um, it's not a bad film. I actually gave them the same rating on uh, my letterbox. But. Um, it's not a bad film. It's just it's interesting. And again, I, I guess I'd say the same thing. Maybe it is the lack of jump scares. I think people do appreciate the atmosphere. I mean, I appreciate the atmosphere of it too. I just can't imagine going back and rewatching it. Like you said, if I rewatch it, it would be like a slice of life, which is fine, I guess. But it's not really. I don't even know if as a slice of life, it's that interesting. Like what? Like who? Like what? Which of the characters did you find interesting? Like,
0: back. I, the black Philip, dude, the goat. You just look at the goat. It's not the it's not the kid that doesn't do that gets that fucks a ninety year old, nine hundred year old witch and throws up an apple. It's not the dad who's British but kinda isn't. It's not honestly, I don't even know what the mom looks like. It's the daughter loses the baby. I think she's just sad. I mean, I guess the daughter. She just sort of like gets shit on and she didn't do anything. Well, actually ooh. All right. I want I mean, that's the point, but I think we can do uh there's there's I think there's a good feminist critique here about the way the females treat i mean this i'm not breaking ground here i'm just saying this is a better film than hereditary for both these movies it was uh the game was rigged from the start and that's there's something to be said about that but like all right, i don't want to spend
1: we don't need to spend much more time yeah, on this Speaking film, of the game <laughs> being rigged from the start uh that's a good transition for cabinet in the woods Ooh, yeah all right okay, so maybe. the I final don't i don't remember anything about that movie but I
0: no that's like... that's fully correct what the why the fuck <laughs> is it on the list justin <laughs> So you Kevin... put it on here. You're right. <laughs> Cabin in the Woods is the one where it's like they got to fulfill the archetypal mm-hmm. bullshit.
1: I, yeah, I, I do remember a little about the movie. But um, yeah, I think Cabin in the Woods is uh, different than uh, The Witch or Hereditary in sort of what it's trying to do, even though it's still ostensibly a horror movie, maybe question mark. Um,
0: satire that's still... Trying to be scary, I guess.
1: Yeah, this is. The, I mean, Kevin. Okay, so and and this will make an easy transition to the next movie too. All right, Arino, but, um, <laughs> all you know. La, but <laughs> Kevin, Kevin the Woods is uh, says something about sort of the state of satire. I guess it's it's a weird movie where it's like it's trying to do be a satire, but it's not demonstrating that it actually has the potential to be good. It's just. It's, like, a bad movie that's calling attention to the fact that it's bad. Um, Where it'll be, like, it kind of, like, points out... I'll say if this movie came out, like, 30 years earlier, it might be, would have been, like, (laughs) groundbreaking and, like, interesting. But it's, like, making fun of, like, horror tropes from, like, the 80s while sort of just, like, repeating them. And then kind of just goes, like, weird at the end, including, like, one of the dumbest final shots of any horror movie, except maybe Krampus. But uh, have you seen Krampus? I haven't seen Krampus. I fell asleep watching it.
0: All right. Well, that's to be fair, though, Justin. Hereditary also is a terrible ending shot just because you sort of fully appreciate that they never realized any of this really weird miniature, like, motif theme that they were going for. It
1: never (laughs) mattered. (laughs) <laughs> uh, yeah, neither the whole, here nor there. yeah everyone's talked about the ending of hereditary to death but it sucks but this just in terms of like the ending of uh kevin the woods is just like was it a fist just like comes up from the ground the, or like crushes the them? giant
0: like lava monster from the center of the earth that they like appease by like sacrificing everybody just comes and destroys the earth like out yeah. of nowhere
1: it's just like Days had no way to end the movie, so they're just like, no. uh, whatever. But yeah, it's just. <laughs> <laughs> Fuck it. The whole thing goes fucking boom. <laughs> that shit. But yeah, again, the reception of this movie, people treat it like there was like some comedic masterpiece or something. Where it's like, no, like, these are the same jokes that people have been making for literal decades now. Yeah, I don't know.
0: I guess. I guess, I mean, I don't know if we should start pairing these with like better movies that like they're trying to be but like instead of watching cabin of the woods watch tucker and Dale versus evil which actually has some class undertones to it as well i don't know if you've seen that one justin but no. that one's worth watching on your halloween playlist um and i guess well i mean if you're gonna watch hereditary just watch midsomer instead
1: mm-hmm.
0: i don't know what i mean that you can watch midsomer instead of the witch also but you know, we'll think. <laughs> just better. watch right. midsomer just watch Midsommar.
1: <laughs> so that could be a good movie it pairs with. But I think the the not so good movie it pairs with is Deadpool two, Ooh, uh, which, can, which seems to be doing. I a, cut
0: you, I'm cutting you off to tell me to talk more about it. Justin. <laughs> <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> which seems to be doing a similar thing. I will say I was a fan of the first Deadpool. <laughs> uh, mm. I don't. It's not necessarily like an all time great movie, but it's. It was very refreshing especially in the midst of the sort of we're sort of at the height of the superhero craze then to see a movie Mm -hmm. sort of take them down a little bit was nice uh it seems like we're actually kind of out of the superhero craze for at least now which is really refreshing but um anyways but then deadpool 2 comes along and it does not do what deadpool 1 did um so much like kevin the woods it also is like pointing out a lot of tropes of superhero movies but just repeats them so they'll be in like in like one of the in the final fight scene or whatever you know because like superhero movies will always have like these two fights going on at the same time or however they do it and they kind of just like comment on like oh like isn't that weird like we're in like one of those cliche like final battle scenes and it's like Mm -hmm. you can point that out but you're still doing it, so like you can't right. just because you're like, "Hey, everyone, look! We know the movie we made is bad, doesn't make the movie good," <laughs> and that's like what Deadpool Two is from beginning to end.
0: Hmm. Yeah, it's there's something to be said about tongue in cheek, but keeping the formula the same. Like it's not, I don't know, like you're. I mean, I think you're. I think that's the harshest and most accurate critique you can give of that movie. I mean, I think even just the... I mean, it's successful. I mean, it was a, it's a successful franchise financially, I mean, critically. And I think, both. honestly, both films are fairly enjoyable regardless. But even I think the idea of a sequel sort of immediately undercuts, you know, the satire of it.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: My Not my take or anything, but like my relationship with Deadpool 2 was very much the same as my relationship with Guardians of the Galaxy 2, which I thought was a fine enough movie with some highlights but a lot of the critiques that other people gave was like well it's just sort of more the same and that's true but i only seen both the original film once and then i saw the second film I was like oh cool i like this the first time but it's there's a difference between doing that as a, just a sequel and then as a satire sequel so like you can't the you can enjoy it the same as an audience member but sort of the message is trying to convey is severely undercut and sort of if you can't even satirize it properly, you know I think it's time to mm-hmm. let it go. For- fortunately, I think the superhero film, especially the Marvel series, is sort of in death in its death throes. Hopefully, but like I think within the next year or two, we're gonna see the first one make like lose money. Mm-hmm. It'll be it'll be a good day.
1: Yeah, I mean, I think ultimately that's what the Star. I mean, I hope that's what the legacy of Deadpool 2 will be, if anyone even bothers to remember it. It's just that, like, that, to me, that Deadpool 2 really marks the sort of end of the superhero, like, the, the height of the superhero craze, where it's like, when even the movie that's supposed to be satiring these movies, like, can't manage to satire them because it itself is just like tired and unoriginal and uninspired like then you really are right. running into an issue mm-hmm. it's like the first movie could satire them because it was like a new fresh take but then it's like by the time you get to the second one it's like yeah the the movies still are doing the same exact things there's nothing new to satire like the best we can do is just be like an uninspired satire of these uninspired movies—it's just like, yeah, if that's not the perfect like metaphor for that. We've reached the end of our steam here.
0: <laughs> Speaking of uninspired comedies, we have the 2019 Darling Olivia Wilde directorial debut smart which isn't good. In case you were wondering, or if you haven't seen it yet, or if you have seen it, yet, you think it's good—you're wrong. Justin, why are they wrong?
1: Uh, okay. So I mean, well a lot of reasons, Booksmart is such a mess and we don't really have time to get into it I think the I mean we don't have time to get into like every single issue with the movie but I think overall what's interesting about the movie is that it seems like people really liked it because of the sort of representation in the movie like there is a lot of Diversity in the movie, and the movie, the movie definitely does have its heart in the right place. I think it's interesting that people sort of allowed all of that to outweigh the fact that the story is one of the worst stories I've ever seen converted into a feature-length film. Uh, yeah, I I don't know if there's like specific moments you want point to. Uh, well, there's. They really doubled,
0: tripled down even on the fact of a teacher-student relationship being a real vein of comedy. They insist on keep on striking. And apparently it's okay and funny if if the teacher's a female and the student's male and also confirm that the student is of age consent, which like isn't really the issue with student-teacher relationships. It's one of the problems, kind of, but like they're never like, well, she was 17. So like, you know, it's not. It's never, okay, This the teacher's like the champion in this film throughout. And so is the student's experience. So there's that. That's a good litmus test to see how much people are willing to die on that hill of like saying whether that's funny or not. They're like, no, that's fine. That's a, it's when you know who you're talking to.
1: Yeah, I, don't know. I just feel like this movie was written in like one draft and never edited. There's just like a lot of the pay. I mean, the fact that all this stuff happens in one night. Insane. Yeah, the movie's supposed to be like, basically from them like, getting out of school. I mean, I think it starts, whatever, but it's like... It's It's the morning
0: of the last day of school until the day after.
1: Yeah, and it's just like... They're, like, going on cruise shifts. They're, like, going all around the city, getting hiring, like, Uber drivers to travel all around. It's like, there's no way. And then they, like, somehow still make it to this party that starts at, like, 6 or something. It's like, yeah. They trip on, like, a heavy dose of drugs to... (sighs) And, like, we watched their whole oh my trip. Also, that stupid scene where they turn into death. I forgot about that.
0: Yeah. And we watched them work their way through an acid trip. And, like, in their time, it probably took less than an hour. And they were high They were high enough to think that they both turned into goddamn Barbie dolls together. If you don't pay attention, the movie's better, I guess. Yeah. That's, yeah. Nothing makes sense. There's so much slow-mo to, like, no effect. The- the two leads are fine. They do a good job together. They're good actors, both. I'll give them that much. But like the but movie they have itself, no script. <laughs> they have no script. And like, there's just a lot of things happen that just like that. Yeah, I mean, it's just I don't know. Like, it, there's something to be said about like plot holes and movies and like being too concerned with them. But like, if you just pull on the thread a little bit, this whole thing comes apart. Yeah,
1: it's, I think it's hard to really give a sense with just talking about how bad. Like, what you have to do is go to like watch the movie and then go look at reviews for it that's really the only way to fully appreciate why this movie is on this list so i think it's easy enough to see why the movie's bad but when you look at people's reviews of it i think is when it really sinks in like something is deeply wrong here
0: yeah i mean like i don't know i think it's like you i think you open with saying you know the identity politics of it and sort of like the representation problems like the fact, like, a really important bit is, like, their, like, sort of go-to sign of, like, saying, like, all right, we're, like, leaving, like, no questions asked is, like, Malala. Like, what the fuck? Like, it's just such an... Uh, like, it's just pandering at that point, I feel like. and they, A lot of people bought it, like, hook goddamn line and sinker, but, like, holy shit, don't you want, like, better? I mean, I don't know. I mean, maybe as two men, we're just like, come on, like, don't, ladies. But, like... <laughs> I don't know. Like, I guess maybe be they should they're grateful to have like any movie that's like pandering to them, but like fucking a, like that doesn't mean it's a good movie. Speaking of movies that
1: aren't good, uh, <laughs>
0: which one?
1: The so the last uh, list before we release you into the void is uh, movies that capture the limits of imagination. And actually, we don't really only really have two movies to talk about here, but. Um, so what this list is supposed to do, so, and actually this list is just Marvel movies uh, as well, but... Go figure. <laughs> but there also seems, I think this list is, I, I think the last uh, the last list was a lot less about politics. This one kind of returns us to it a bit. Um But there really seems to be, in our current moment, a limit on what people think is possible. I think is what we sort of see with, like, Bernie Sanders' campaign. I think a lot of people uh, discredit Bernie because they just can't imagine that his policies could get passed. And I think you, whether that sort of, whether this is life imitating art or art imitating life, is. Perhaps a question we won't be able to answer, but uh, I do think you see that limit of imagination come through in Marvel movies for sure. Uh, The first one, oh, I guess we can start small, work our way up. Uh, Spider-Man: Homecoming. Uh, So this is, I think, this is a really uh, interesting movie, particular being about Spider-Man, who's traditionally portrayed as the friendly neighborhood Spider-Man. And in this one, somehow becomes like the mega corporation defender of the rich Spider Man. <laughs> yeah. Uh, sort <laughs> sure uh, of really
0: undercuts Peter Parker's like poor Brooklyn kid roots, huh? Like Tony
1: Stark is just bankrolling him. And it's interesting, too, because the movie is fully aware that it's like completely trashing the legacy of Spider Man, but like just pretty explicitly just asks you to accept it. Like, Spider Man's like says at one point, like, you know, aren't I supposed to be like friendly neighborhoods, Spider-Man or whatever. And the movie just kind of like drops, like less that drop. Like it doesn't really,
0: mm, but it's quippy.
1: <laughs> but yeah, I mean, so I think, I don't know. I feel like a lot of people, uh, again, this is one of those movies where it's like, people seem to enjoy it at least as much as they enjoy any other Marvel movie. Um, uh, but it's really one of the more messed up Marvel movies in my opinion, because, you start off with uh, so vulture. I don't even remember his actual character's name, but um Vultures like legally acquires this government contract to, uh, I don't know, acquire this like alien technology. Which I'll say this too: the movie also requires you to have seen like every single other movie in the Marvel universe. What so else like... is
0: fucking new? <laughs>
1: So I came into this movie, and I had no idea what was going on, like, in the beginning scene. It's just like, oh, yeah, there's just an alien ship that's crashed here, and, like, everyone knows about it, and it's cool with it. And it's like, that's just how the movie starts, with no explanation. I still actually don't know what movie that's from.
0: I think that's a. this is the immediate fallout of, like, the 2008 Avengers movie taking place when Uh, this is spider-man homecoming in 2017 so if you can't piece those two pieces together immediately Justin, why don't you go fuck yourself you fucking fake fan piece of shit (laughs) well so what had happened in the opening scene was there was the initial intention was not for him to make weapons out of it he was just there for a cleanup crew as far as we're told and then the government stooges of tone Tony Stark Incorporated, or whatever, fucking comes and says, No, like, Mr. Stark bought out, bought out the contract. And he's like, But I already, like, put all this money into, like, the equipment and the guys. And they say, like, All right, well, tough titties. And so he's left without anything. So he takes one weapon with him, and sort of that's how he makes, like, a living for himself, how he, like, survives after being told that he can go fuck himself, after putting, like, investing all this money after the con- his legal con- government contract was bought out by the richest guy in the world.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. So that's a better summary, but yeah so it's like and that's the other thing too it's like this is literally uh vulture's only way of making money whereas tony stark already has like all the money anyone could possibly need and yet spider-man like makes it his mission to like stop vulture despite the fact that vulture has literally done nothing wrong until like arguably you could say once he starts making weapons but again like it's not Spider-Man's fighting on the side of the pacifist he's fighting on the nope. side of the man with a literal suit of armor that is itself a weapon who also just makes weapons like F4, like that's what stark industries does yep <laughs> uh so yeah so it really like seem i mean yeah It just like is the limit of imagination uh, in terms of uh being like I guess all the Marvel movies to some extent do this, but this one really seems to just capture like the the message of the movie is like the only bad thing that you can do is upset the apple cart. Like Tony Stark deserves to win because he was already winning when the movie started. The fact Mm -hmm. that Vulture is trying to like encroach on his territory inherently makes him the bad guy. Like there's no commentary on like what's good or bad. It's just like, what's good is what is what's bad is anything else.
0: And Tony Stark is never sort of challenged on his, you know, complacency with all with the same system with sort of him being rich. And I mean, even this is also true sort of in civil war, the adaptation of the comic book where you have captain America and iron man fighting each other, but like you're still supposed to like both of them because they're both they're the two main leads of like the entire Avengers franchise. So I, we're just going to have to dilute the shit out of this issue of government surveillance and just sort of make it so that like they kind of broke up, but literally it ends with, if you need me, I'll be here and everybody's still on good terms and you're supposed to kind of still like both people. And if you don't have the right opinion or an opinion on the issue, it's okay because it doesn't matter anyways. Speaking of it's okay if you have the wrong opinion when faced with the issue of overpopulation over the entire universe, I guess, problem all planets seemingly have simultaneously. Uh, Justin, who are you going to call with <laughs> Avengers Infinity Wars? <laughs> Who's your cleanup guy?
1: Uh, yeah, so this movie is sorry, the culmination of all... Well. I guess Endgame is the final culmination, but it was, like, the fake-out culmination of all of Marvel's movies up to that point. And, yeah, um, so basically the movie is about the main villain, whose name is Thanos, um, wants to make the universe a better place. It's it's a really stupid premise, uh, but he wants to, like, make... The universe a better place as if the universe is like two or three planets um and his solution for this is to well okay so for part one his solution is to acquire the uh infinity stones which give him the power to literally uh control time and reality itself and he can he can make objects appear, he can go back in time, he can do whatever he... Literally, he can do whatever he wants. And so, with this unlimited power, uh, in order to solve issues of hunger and homelessness and all these other issues, he decides that he's just going to commit mass genocide on half the planet or, you know, half the universe arbitrarily. Obviously. The avengers who are essentially the good guys actually have no plan to make the world a better place at no point do they deny that thanos is correct in in sense in the sense of that there's issues in the world but they actually never come up with a plan to make anything better instead their plan is just to stop thanos and keep everything as it is um and but yeah it's just like the fact that between the supposedly good guys and the supposedly bad guys, like neither of them ever thinks for a moment to use unlimited power to like create more homes or give people food or like give people anything that could help them. like the the uh, supposedly lesser of two evil options, which again is like a phrase that we hear a lot in between from between 2016 till now. The lesser of two evil options is to just do nothing. And if that's not the perfect metaphor for where we are, I don't know what is.
0: And it's not even that, like, he gets all the gems off the top and they're like, hey, shit, he's going to do it. We got to, what are we going to do to stop him? It's like he has two hours and 40 fucking minutes of film to collect all these Gems, also including all the time it took him to get the first three, which is the, all the rest of the goddamn movies, and the whole time. Not at any point was he like, "Well, maybe com- a complete Holocaust of half of the people that exist isn't the best option." The strongest choices require the strongest of wills, so he says. But it was that was a really easy choice. That's the e- that's the easiest answer when you could do anything is just to get rid of half the people. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about, dude
1: <laughs> he is like thinks to launch a moon at someone before he thinks to help anyone. This is wild, <laughs> but yeah, I think he has more
0: money he has more power than he knows what to do with, and instead of offering all of his Thanos warehouse workers sick pay, <laughs> he decides to go <laughs> planetary. <laughs> I don't
1: know what that means. I don't know why I phrased it like that, but it's <laughs> just food for thought. To be fair, Jeff Bezos has not uh, uh implemented that yet, but
0: to be fair, they have the same haircut. <laughs> uh,
1: <laughs> Yeah, I mean, again, too, I think it really says more about the writers or I guess I'd probably say about the Disney studio that's producing this. I mean, I'm sure certainly if Disney wanted to find a competent writer, they could. They either are choosing to find incompetent writers or they're telling them that they need to write these scripts. I don't know why it can't be both. (laughs) Okay. But... Yeah, so I mean, I, I think I, I didn't even bother to see Endgame, but I know they also didn't solve any issues in Endgame. They just defeat vanos, but...
0: Don't worry, it's another three fucking hours. <laughs> Best thing I did to watch that movie was play video games while I was on my iPhone. <laughs> to say I technically watched but
1: it sucks. I think that's how you're supposed to watch the Marvel movies and the Star Wars movies too, which we didn't get a chance to get into now. But
0: there's always next season. <laughs> to also be said, we did have Black Panther on this list. We did to. I mean, you if you want to talk about that lightly, but we did sort of cover this. What we would talk about anyways on one of our your safe rooms about the failings of the Marvel films, which I think we also covered Spider-Man Homecoming lightly, but I'm not sure. But, I mean, points still need to be said. I don't think we had that exact same... I think we had a different lens to it the second time. I think Mm -hmm. the first time it was just, like, wise vulture the villain, and we didn't really dunk on Tony Stark that much.
1: Yeah, so... Yeah, do you have anything else?
0: Yeah, I got something else to say. All right, that's our season. (laughs) See the show notes for links to view the artifacts for yourself. That's not true. That doesn't make any fucking sense. That's our show. <laughs> Go to your local library. Donate to your local library so that you can uh, watch the movies for yourself. Be sure to follow us. Uh, the show on Facebook and Twitter. Keep up with other episodes and articles we're reading that didn't make it into the show. That's never happened either. Artwork for the show is done by <laughs> We're not allowed to say that. <laughs> Who produced the music, Justin? <laughs>
1: Uh, music produced by Nicholas Pizzuto.
0: Rate us five stars on iTunes. Follow us on Facebook. And tell a friend or an enemy about the show. Join us again whenever the fuck, as we find other things that we want to talk about.
1: Right, uh, we'll be back. Uh, well, I don't think we're going to take a break, uh, but we're just going to. The show might look a little bit different in the next episode, potentially. Uh, we're not sure yet.
0: Ooh, Justin, I got all right. As a new, as a transition to the new season. You want to play a game?
1: Uh, probably not. But okay, let's we'll go for it. All right. Hey. <laughs> uh, I mean that, that was the most jigsaw question.
0: <laughs> Justin, I'm going to give you two quotes, and the the game is: is it Biden or Trump?
1: Oh God. <laughs> I think I could do good on this, but okay. Um or do first... well do well on this, I should say.
0: there's no good to be done first quote of two trump or biden when talking about segregation quote unless we do something about this my children are going to grow up in a jungle the jungle being a racial jungle with tension having built so high that it is going to explode at some point
1: i know that's biden
0: correct democratic presidential contender joe biden (laughs) second quote justin between trump and biden quote we have this notion that somehow if you're poor you cannot do it poor kids are just as bright just as talented as white kids
1: (laughs) i also know that's biden
0: (laughs) correct That was also presidential democratic party presidential contender joseph biden thanks for
1: playing (laughs) yeah it's funny uh You know, if Biden, we'll we'll know by the time this, well, we might not know anything by the time this comes out, but we'll probably know by the time this comes out who the Democratic nominee is. But if it is Biden and then Joe Biden and Donald Trump debate, the funniest moment is going to be when Donald Trump calls Biden racist and we all have to admit he's right.